and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And this week, it's time. Oh no. It's it's time. It's finally this late in the year, Karen. Uh, we're talking about gift knitting. Oh, okay. We can talk about gift knitting. Yeah. You know what? It is the beginning of November. Mm-hmm. There is time. You've got time. It's fine. Don't <laughs> stress. Also, what if you don't want to do any gift knitting? I've got news for you. You don't have to. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear that. Just right. because you have the skills to make things and you enjoy making things, you're under zero obligation to actually be making things as gifts for other people. Right. It is okay if you only make something for one person, and it is okay if that person is you. Mm-hmm. If you do decide to do it, though, make sure that person is knitworthy. Please. Yes. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Just spare yourself the emotional anguish of knitting for someone that you know is not going to adequately appreciate the gift or take care of it. Yeah. Like if you have a bad track record with someone like throwing your beautiful, I don't know, razor lace alpaca shawls into the wash with their jeans, don't knit for them again. Right. So if you decide to take the plunge, though, and crank out some festive holiday gifts, no matter what you celebrate and what your deadline is, we have some suggestions that you can get done in a really short amount of time. If you are thinking about gift knitting this year... The first thing you need to do is identify what kind of thing your recipient is going to want. Yes. So drop some hints or ask some questions. Have you noticed that your BFF constantly complains about how their hands are freezing in the office that they work in? Maybe they would like some hand warmers. I have a theory about the gift recipients who ask for specific things. And a lot of times the specific thing that they ask for is like technically impossible. Where they'll be like, I want, you to, <laughs> I want you to make this sweater for me, right? And then we get somebody who comes into the store and they're like, my whatever, this person has asked me to make them this sweater, but this sweater has 18 techniques I don't understand. It's knit flat with pearled color work. And like, <laughs> you know, you have to put seaming and like, I've never even heard of half these things. Don't make that for them. Identify something else. And make that for them instead. Because sometimes I think people, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to go find a hat on Ravelry. And they'll be like, I like this one. But then a week later, if you ask them which one they liked, they wouldn't remember. So you could totally do a switcheroo on them, 100%. Make something that you want to make. It might work less <laughs> well with a sweater if it has like a big graphic element on it or something. It's the hamster swap. It's the... <laughs> yep. Those sweaters are betta fish, and no one will ever know they're interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. One more thought about gift knitting for people. If you ask someone directly, would you like me to knit a sweater for you? And you show them 15 options, and they say, no, 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 not that one either. Don't knit them a sweater. Right. Just don't do it. <laughs> because then you are setting yourself up. For an unpleasant experience when they say, oh, when you give them this hand-knit sweater and then you never see them wear it. Like, right. you can't be mad at them. They told you no 15 times. So those are our thoughts about gift knitting. <laughs> it's not all drudgery, though, and it doesn't have to be stressful. It can be fun. 
Right. So one of the things that's really fun about gift knitting is if you are somebody who has particular colors that you like to wear that make you feel good or particular styles that you like to wear, you don't have to knit those things for somebody else. Like it gives you a chance to get outside your own knitting box. Knitting box. Right. (laughs) That's a thing. It is now. (laughs) So, okay. We are coming into the part of the year, and I think it started earlier this year because we've all been hearing about supply chain issues and like whether shipping is still going to be possible and all that kind of stuff. We are getting into the part of the year where people come into the store and they're like, I have decision fatigue. Help me. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of are like, I want to make a hat. You pick it. Yeah. And you can just (laughs) see like question marks in the air around their heads. So we have picked some projects that we think would make good gift knits. We're going to make it even easier and throw up some kits on the shop website. Some of the kits are literally one skein. Find your own level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We will support you. Yes. All right. So I am going to say that this is a universal truth. Everyone can wear hats. Yes. I was thinking about that when I was picking (laughs) patterns last night. I'm like, you know what? Mittens are not a universal thing for everyone. Socks. You know, there are lots of things that, like, don't work for everyone. Everybody has a head. When I was in high school, I was in the marching band. And there was a girl who was in the marching band with me. Marching band comes with an outfit, right? (laughs) It's very stylish. And the outfit includes a hat. And it is a hard hat. It is like a little Fisher-Price Lego hat that you have to wear (laughs) on your head. And there was a girl in the marching band with me who had brain surgery one year, and she Mm. couldn't wear the little hard Fisher-Price hat. It was not a nice option for her. It was not a nice option for her. And the thing that she did have to wear was a knitted hat in the same color. So I am going to go ahead and say that just about everyone can wear a hat. Yeah. (laughs) What a a thoughtful solution for her to keep her aesthetically similar and accommodate her need. Yes. Okay. So we're starting with hats. And the first hat that I would like to recommend to you today is a pretty new pattern, and it's called Porty Hat, P-O-R-T-Y Hat, by Isolde Teague. And it's a super simple hat. It is a ribbed watch cap, but it's got top-down construction. Oh. Yeah, you start at the crown, like there's no decreasing in this hat, because you start at the little part and make it big to come down over your head. (laughs) So it's kind of like a top-down sweater where you could try it on as you go. Yeah. Yep. Assuming that you and the recipient have roughly the same size head, which may or may not be the case. Well, and the nice thing is, because it is ribbed all the way around the hat, it's very stretchy and size accommodating. But you don't need to make one size fit everyone because this pattern is written in four sizes. So baby through large adult size. It is also written for seven gauges. So you can like cover your eyes and reach into your stash bin and just grab a skein and that's the hat you're making. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You can use anything from fingering weight through bulky weight yarn and the pattern tells you which needles you should try and what the gauge is. All of those things are taken into consideration. It's a beginner-friendly pattern. And also, one of the reasons I picked this out of the ocean of ribbed beanie patterns that are out there is that there is a low vision pattern format available. Oh, amazing. So I think that Isolde is in the process of 
making more accessibility options a part of all of her new pattern designs. I don't know if she's going to go into her back catalog, which is pretty extensive, and alter things. But I think going forward, she's taking that into consideration and is also asking for feedback from people to see if there are ways that the patterns could better accommodate screen reading technology and other things too. So I think that that's just a nice feature. That makes me think, too, that this would make a good gift for you to request from someone else. If you have a grandparent who is like, I want to knit for you, that would make this a really good choice for you to be like, make this, because then it doesn't matter what they have on hand to make it out of. And there are all kinds of people who need that accommodation, but age is a big factor. Absolutely. Okay, so that's technically accessible to knitters with basic foundation skills hat. A little bit more complicated is the garter snake hat by Lavanya Patricella. It's a super cute hat. You may be familiar with the aesthetic of it because she also has a garter snake cowl, and she's taken those design elements and booped it up onto your head. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're going to boop it up onto your head. She's not making the hat for you. She's going to show up after you finish and just, she's going to boop you. Boop. (laughs) (laughs) So this hat is only written in one size, but I think because of the combination of garter and brioche, It's a very squishy, stretchy hat, and I think she says that it accommodates up to a large adult head pretty comfortably. Nice. I have a little head, so it might fall down over my ears. (laughs) (laughs) Brioche is so squishy. Mm -hmm. I think it's great for hats because it's squishy, but it's not dense like some ribbing is. Yeah. Like if you are somebody with longer hair, I know there were those like ponytail hats a couple of years ago, but really what you want, maybe you want a ponytail hat. But what I want is something that I could wear stretched out over that if Mm -hmm. that's what has happened to me that morning or just like over my head when my hair is down. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I think it would be a nice option. It's probably an easy to accommodate if you want to make it a little longer, like a bigger hat. So if you have naturally curly hair or textured hair and like you need additional volume to cover your beautiful locks, that hat might be an option. Yeah. The next hat I would like to tell you about is called Rhett, R-H-E-T-T, by Megan Babin, who is one of the fine folks from Hudson and West. And this hat was designed for their fall collection. It's a classic cabled beanie. And it's just really lovely. It's got nice cable designs. They're chonky cables. They're not like (laughs) little tiny skinny two-stitch ones. They're nice and wide. It's a single size hat. And I'm going to guess that unless you're a particular type of knitter, you're not going to want to like muck around too much with trying to add in an additional chart repeat to make it bigger. Oh, the face I just made. No. <laughs> but someone might. Like, you could right. do it, I guess. But it's a worsted weight hat. It's got lovely, thoughtful details like a tubular cast on and a fold over brim. And it's got charted instructions. And I will tell you that it does use three different needle sizes. So, if that's a deal breaker for you, that might not be your hat of choice, but it's a nice hat. All right. In the same way that everyone has a head, everyone has a neck. It's true. What about cowls or something? I very intentionally left scarves and shawls off of this list of quick gift knits, not because they are not lovely gifts, but because they are not quick. Right. But a cowl does the work that a scarf, the non-fashion work anyway, 
that a scarf does. <laughs> and it's much more time efficient for you as the gift knitter. Mm-hmm. So the first cowl pattern that I would like to recommend to you all may be my favorite on this list. And you will know why in just a second. <laughs> it's called An Elastic Product. It's by Corita Collins, and you might be familiar with Corita's design work because she recently was the designer for one of the modern daily knits field guides, but also she's the founder and dyer of Neighborhood Fiber Company and the partner of Plied Yarns. So Corita's all over the place. She has designed an accessory, a neck accessory, that is a, she calls it, a dramatic cross between a cowl, a cape, and a dickie. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, dickies are going to be a thing. <laughs> They're just going to be. I brought them up, what was it, a week or two ago? And now I just keep seeing them everywhere. Okay, so one of two things is happening. One, the algorithm has caught you and you're just going to be seeing dickies until the end of time. Or you definitely made this happen. I like to think I made this happen, even though I didn't say it first. Right. I saw someone mention it and I identified it and now it's our thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, the designers who have written patterns for these started it way before you said that, but it's just they knew. They knew. They knew that I was going to be their champion. <laughs> I was going to say Dickies for all. <laughs> and this is my favorite because I do not wear cowls. Right. I don't like things on my neck, but I may knit a Dickie. Yeah. Oh, you. Just so 100%. I can tell everyone that I have taken to wearing this kind of, I think of it as a 70s era accessory. I definitely had some in the late 80s. They were, they were turtleneck dickies. <laughs> <laughs> because I grew up in Ohio. Fashion. <laughs> also, we're going to do a Jessica-only knit-along where she just... It's just me? Yeah, where she just has to knit a bunch of dickies. I'm game. Okay, let me tell you more about an elastic product. Yes. It's got two stitch patterns. So up by your neck, it's got one by one rib. So the fabric is more dense and it does its job of keeping your neck warm while you're wearing it. And then that transitions into a fisherman's rib, which is like closer to brioche texture wise. Like it's kind of squishy and stretchy. And that's so it will kind of drape over whatever clothing that you're wearing and fall nicely and fit you well. It's fashion. This is an accessory that's knit up with worsted weight yarn, and there are two sizes, small and large, so it either calls for 600 yards or 800 yards, so it's probably the biggest project on my list of gift knits, but it's fancy. It's fashion, and would be a nice gift for someone who likes big, squishy accessories. I think so. Mm -hmm. Next cowl on the list is the Sunset Mesa Cowl by Jennifer Berg. And this is a stranded colorwork cowl. It's knit with worsted weight, so it will move along quickly. And it's just two colors, and you only need one skein of each of them. Oh, nice. So dig into your stash and see if you have two lonely single skeins of worsted weight. Maybe they're left over from a sweater project. Get experimental with colors and pick up something new because it's just one skein of each. It's lovely. But it's super cozy. It's a quick gift knit. The design elements, they're graphic and geometric, and they're inspired by the pottery of the Acoma tribe in New Mexico. And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful cowl. Yeah. 
Okay, so what about like a bulky cowl though? Because maybe you are in a hurry hurry. Okay, if you're in a hurry hurry, I've got you. So the final cowl I have to recommend is called the Gabby Love Cowl. And it's by Louis Boria, who you might also know as Brooklyn Boy Knits. And he designed this cowl for his niece at her request, which I think is super sweet. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. She's in her 20s and she likes big, chunky knitwear fashion. And Louis was like, yeah, of course. So he has designed this cable cowl using super bulky yarn. It's less than 200 yards. So that's not a lot. But it's a lot of cowl. Yeah. He calls the cable pattern that he uses a hugs and kisses cable pattern. Also extra cute. And it's knit flat. So you're just knitting a strip of super chonky cable. And then it's seamed. And boop, you've got a cowl. Nice. I think so. That's why I put it on the list. So I feel like the last category of easy gift knits is mittens and socks, right? I think so, yes. Something squishy and cozy and warm for the winter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's start with mittens. This mitten pattern should be accessible to all knitters. If you can increase and decrease, you're ready to knit in the round, this is a good project for you, even if you're still very new to knitting. It's called The World's Simplest Mittens. Amazing. Designed by Tin Can Knits who I think is just like our go-to for designs for knitters who are building skills. Yes. Their patterns are very clearly written. There are schematics when you need to see them so you understand how an instruction is telling you to do something. And they're really size-inclusive too. So the world's simplest mittens are written in five sizes, from baby to large adult hands. There are instructions for knitting them out of fingering, DK weight, worsted, and chunky, also called bulky weight yarn. So just a few options. This is another project on this list where you can close your eyes, reach into your stash bin, grab something and say, great, these will be mittens. And there are like tons of examples all over the place online of these. So you can feel inspired about color, like hold two different colors of fingering weight yarn together and create a marl, use up stash sock yarn. You can do all sorts of things with it. Okay, if I'm planning a gift for somebody who is not a knitter in particular, mm -hmm. but I want them to be super impressed with me. Cables, right? Cables. Always. Like I was thinking that because there was a cabled cowl. Mm -hmm. And, and I, a hat, yeah. And a hat. I always think that like people who don't knit think that cables are like wizardry. So what if you want to do some cabled mittens? I have a great suggestion for you. The Green Mountain Mitts by Fatima Hines are lovely. They're fingerless mitts. You can make them as long or as short as you want. She has written this pattern using fingering weight yarn, but it's held double. So you could also just use DK weight. And the cables like run down the back of your hand and up the wrist. Oh, nice. It's a pretty quick knit. You're using size six needles, which is four millimeters. And it's a lovely gift for your cold-handed people in your life. Office people. Yes. Offices are cold. <laughs> and you have no control over the environment. Right. So you need to be able to dress accordingly. Yeah. Many layers hidden in drawers. Mm -hmm. These will be a nice option. Socks for your toes. I think my favorite thing about socks at the holidays is that when you open them, you can just like immediately put them on and then just wear them for the rest of the day. 
That is a nice thing about them. Like you wouldn't really, I mean, you might immediately put on the cowl, you might immediately put on the hat, but then you probably are going to take them off and like live your life. Socks? You're also living your life, but with socks on. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the first sock pattern, I have two for you, but the first sock pattern is For Joy and Comfort by Tiff Nealon. And these are cuff down color work socks. They've got a heel flap and a gusset. They're quick socks, though, because they're knit with worsted weight yarn. They're cozy. They're cute. And there are two different color work options in this pattern. So there's the comfort color chart and there's the joy color chart. So you can mix it up. You could make like two different socks for someone and like reverse the colors. You can have kind of endless combinations of things and make them kind of unique. So worsted weight socks are probably either going to be boot socks or house socks. Like you're probably not wearing worsted weight socks inside your shoes for every day. Maybe if you're like going out to do something outside, you know, you want extra warm feet. Also the little squirrel pattern from Tin Can Knits. Worsted weight, super quick, just broken rib, very fun. Yeah, adorable, cozy socks. I think house socks are nice gifts. Yes. Yeah, they really are. It's that like middle ground between your regular everyday socks and slippers. They're just cozy. Yeah. I don't wear slippers in the house, but I think that I might feel funny with slippers on underneath a blanket on the couch, but not with heavy, squishy socks. Same. And then the last sock pattern that I'm going to recommend is one that you've heard us talk about on Make Good before because we've knit a bunch of them. Karen in particular has knit a whole (laughs) bunch of them. But it's the DRK Everyday Socks by Andrea Mowry. And I think that there are thousands, millions of sock options in the world. I picked these because I think that they're really forgiving in size because the entirety of the sock is ribbed. The pattern is written for a wide range of feet sizes. And if you are going to jump into the world of fingering weight sock knitting, This is a nice place to start with a toe-up pattern. The instructions are clear, and it's really easy. Like, construction-wise, it's really easy. And also, if you're an experienced sock knitter and you like these, you just need to keep the number in your head, what your cast-on number of stitches is, and it's almost like you can just memorize it and go. Which is so nice. It's handy to have, like, a mental sock pattern in your knitting toolkit, so that's what I think. There are lots of other options out there, too. Like if you want to knit a blanket or a sweater or a stuffed animal, like you could knit anything. But we thought that these would be quick, cozy knits that your recipient would enjoy and that you would enjoy knitting. So I will say that one variety of knitted garment that I never thought was really going to be for me is a poncho. But there is a knitter who knits at the store who came in wearing a solid color poncho the other day. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, that. Ah, I want that. It is a blanket that can leave the house with you. Anyway, I'm just saying. Ponchos are cozy. Ponchos are cozy. And they're not necessarily quick gift knits. But don't rule them out. There's all sorts of gift knitting occasions. Maybe you've got someone who needs a September of next year gift. Right. Start the poncho now. (laughs) So Jessica, what's on your needles? I'm in the final stages approaching the very long bind off of my cinnabar shawl. Amazing. I'm super excited. I have loved knitting this project. 
and I am emotionally done with this project, so <laughs> I've got to finish it so I can wear it and move on to my next thing guilt-free. I often wonder if the size of shawls, shawls in particular, but also maybe scarves, is like a little peek into the designer's emotional doneness. Like, <laughs> when, when did the shawl end? It was when the designer said, I'm not knitting this anymore. Bind off. Time to bind off. Right, bind off in pattern. Done. <laughs> I think you might be right. It's like the wall. Like, I have hit the wall. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> What's on your needles, Karen? So I hit an emotional wall with my Gresham wrap. As one does, I right. think. Right, <laughs> right. So I cast on a sweater. I was like, you know what? I am stuck in the middle of eternal the same thing. I want a sweater that's going to mess with my head a little bit. So I cast on Nora Gon's Deliciosa sweater, which is the one with the big Monstera leaves on it. Love that. A lot of the promo images for this are cropped. Mm -hmm. I think the main version of this is the cropped version. But then I, I had seen people in their projects on Ravelry had done full body versions which was definitely what I wanted to do for me. And I thought they had hacked the pattern because you're using cables basically to outline these leaves. And I was like, oh, they just like added a repeat somewhere. No, there's fully like a full body version of the pattern in the pattern. So anyway, I was really excited. I want a pattern that messes with my head. Didn't quite extend to hacking a Nora Gone cable pattern if I could help it. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, I can help it. So I'm really excited. <laughs> You know what I love? <laughs> Knitter psychology is so interesting because for whatever reason, like we all hit the wall in our projects and you're like the endless white yarn knitting in my Gresham wrap. I need to pick something else. And you're like, of course, a one color sweater is definitely <laughs> the thing to mix it up. I was very adamant about the one color sweater because I just came off the Cladonia where I felt like I was just spending weeks tangled in like eight strands of yarn. She didn't feel like it. She was. I saw it happen. <laughs> and so I wanted, I just wanted one string coming off my needles. Mm -hmm. That's it. One string. It's fine. Yeah. It's just the things we, we tell ourselves to be able to get through our projects and start new projects. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all just justification for cast-on-itis. I love it. It's my, <laughs> one of my favorite things about knitting. I've got a letter for you. Oh, I'm ready for a letter. What you got? So this week's letter comes from Madison. Hi, Madison. I struggle with tendinitis sometimes when I'm knitting and have to stop and take a lot of breaks or risk injuring my wrist and not be able to knit for weeks. It's so hard because knitting has helped me so much and it's sad when I can't knit. Do you recommend a compression wristband to help support my wrists? I hope you can help me. I want to knit as much as possible. Okay, Madison. I am not a doctor, so <laughs> I don't feel like I can really recommend a compression wrist thing to you because I don't know if that's the right thing to help you. That said, they're pretty available. Like, I know that they are sold in the craft section, in the knitting section of places like Michael's stores. I've seen them there, and you can get them in drugstores. 
But I would recommend connecting with a doctor about your tendonitis to see what actually is the best thing to help support your wrist. Right. And I would say from my from my personal experience recently with wrist problems, it depends very much on the doctor because you are going to have doctors who are problem oriented mm-hmm. and they're going to say, if knitting hurts your wrist, stop knitting. That is not an acceptable answer for you as a person. You are going to have doctors who say, our job is to get you back to doing this thing that you really like. Whoever your personal doctor is, if they are the first kind, it might be worth seeing if they could refer you to a physical therapist or an occupational therapist. A lot of times occupational therapists work specifically with hands. So I actually don't know which side of the line your wrist falls on. (laughs) It is the line, I guess kind of universally, their goal is going to be getting you back to the thing that you want to be doing. Generally speaking, not specific to your individual human wrist or tendonitis specifically, because again, not a doctor. I think that there are things that knitters can do to take care of their hands. Sometimes I get like hand and wrist pain, and it's generally, for me personally, tied to the size of needles I'm using. So I find that if I'm able to mix up my projects, it's less strain. Like if I'm working on size 10 needles and my hands are in my wrists or whatever, however I'm holding my body is feeling really fatigued. If I have a project running in tandem that's on fours or twos, like it gives my body a break by changing that up. I think that doing things like massaging your wrists and hands can be really helpful. And I also want to recommend a book. It's called Knitting Comfortably, The Ergonomics of Hand Knitting by Carson Demers. And you can find this book in bookstores. You can ask them to order it for you. Your library might have it or be willing to interlibrary loan it for you. But it's got lots of information about the ways we use our bodies when we're knitting and the most ergonomic ways to be doing things, which may or may not be helpful to you individually, Madison, but is kind of generally good information for all knitting people to have, I think. Also not a doctor. I'm going to say, listen to your body a little bit on this one. If there's something in you that is making you think a compression garment is going to help, compressing this area is going to feel good, it's not going to do any harm Mm -hmm. as long as the thing that you pick isn't too bossy. Something that's just kind of elastic and is pushing in on your joints but still gives you full range of motion or very close to full range of motion isn't going to hurt. But if you get one that like keeps your thumb from moving its full range of motion, don't do that without consulting somebody whose actual job this is because that could like change all kinds of other things. It's not great. Also, maybe heat compress, ice compress, like whatever is giving your body relief. I had a writer friend suggest to me when I was typing a lot and I would get pain in my fingers that I thought might be verging on tendonitis. She recommended to me a specific joint-friendly massage cream. And then she said, put it in the microwave before you put it on. And it's like the combination of heat. I'll see if I can find it. And if I can, I'll link it in the show notes. We don't have a microwave. So like that's (laughs) too much for us. At worst, it will moisturize. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully you find something that works for you, Madison, and you are able to get some relief and continue knitting. And also knitters, try your best to take good care of your hands and your wrists because you need them. I'm going to try to find like a link to a YouTube video or something with some wrist stretches and exercises that you can do with the caveat that 
if as you're doing them, your body is sending you the stop doing this signal, definitely just stop doing it. This isn't a no pain, no gain situation. Don't mess with your tendons. Your tendons don't really get stronger. They just hurt or they don't hurt. That'll be in the show notes. I think it's time for our make good knit along update. We're like two days in. Thrilling. It's the most <laughs> exciting time of a knit along. It's cast on time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't picked your project yet. Maybe you didn't listen to last week's episode, so you don't even know that we're doing a knit along. We're doing a knit along. It's the last one of the year, and we're knitting socks. <laughs> Maybe you're like, oh, hey, after this episode, I want to knit gift socks. Guess what? They count. Mm-hmm. The sock knit along that we're doing now, we don't even have a certain end date yet, is any socks you want out of any yarn you want. Basically, you do you, friends. Just make something that goes on your feet and it will count. <laughs> you will love it. And you're going to post pictures on Instagram and use the hashtag make good socks. And we will see it. And you might win an amazing something. Don't make bad socks. I mean, you can make bad socks, but we're not looking for that hashtag. <laughs> yeah. You know your feet. We don't know your feet. So any socks. All good. It's going to be fun. I think that might be it for us this week. That's it. We're done. <laughs> so you can subscribe to the Make Good Podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. You're probably listening in one of those places right now. Yeah. You should rate and review us there because it will help other knitters find us. You might be streaming us on our website, which is makegoodpod.com. While you're there, read the show notes. Or use our fun little contact form to send us a question, a letter. Yeah, all of the patterns we talked about today and all the other stuff is going to be in the show notes. Links to them will be in the show notes. Sometimes it's not super convenient to read those on your podcast app and follow through those links. So you can, from makegoodpod.com, follow those links. Also, make sure that you're following us on Instagram. Our account is at makegoodpod. That's where we host our knit-alongs. That's where we post pictures of things. And there's a new post every Tuesday morning to announce each week's episode. Also, we got a Patreon, friends. And that's how we do this for you every single week without doing any sort of advertising. Bye. Bye.